This is the Genuine Joy Podcast, where we dig deeper into how we attempt to find true happiness while navigating life. We're your hosts, Matt and Kelsey, and we are bringing you 100% organic and sustainable amateur advice to brighten your day and maybe even help you look at the world a little differently. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We are so excited to talk about some real stuff today. Hi, everybody. Being new parents. Wow. What a time it's been. <laughs> life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. <laughs> I know. I mean, there's so much to go over this episode. We're going to go over the fun experience I had with breastfeeding, uh, you know, just how to bring some joy into your life during those first few weeks and months when things get really hard. How Rules and responsibilities. Yeah. And... How to balance things out between a couple that's raising a baby. So yeah, we're just going to kind of jump right in and talk about... Let's talk about how you felt when you found out we were pregnant. Just start from there real quick. I'll never forget. It was uh, October when we found out. And it was around Halloween time. And I walked in the door from from work. And you had a, uh, a jack-o'-lantern, a plastic little jack-o'-lantern for <laughs> Halloween candy. And there was a positive pregnancy test in there. And just so filled with happiness at that moment. Because we've been trying for a while. And mm-hmm. you know we've had some issues uh, getting pregnant or, you know. thought that there might be issues getting pregnant so Mm -hmm. when I found out it was just like holy cow this is awesome you know we're gonna be parents (laughs) yeah when did it because I feel like I've heard from men and women is very different of when you really feel like okay this is happening because women obviously have the nine months of a baby growing where they really connect to it and are like I have a baby already did you feel like that way when I was pregnant when you felt kicks or was there any certain point when you were like this is so real. Uh, it didn't really hit me until she was actually born. Yeah. And yeah, it was cool feeling kicks because you'd be like, oh, check that out. Or we see a foot just popping out of your stomach like alien. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. <laughs> was, that was really, really neat. But it just wasn't, you know, there's so many things to think about too, you know, and me being a paramedic and in the healthcare field and stuff like that. I just wanted a healthy kid. And, you know, there's so many things that could potentially go wrong. That it, it was a little scary, but it was like, okay, we need to take care of this, 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 and this, and make sure we have enough clothes and supplies, bottles, all that good stuff before she's even here. So I was more concerned about stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Than, but, you know, you're the one who's growing I know. <laughs> the kids, so. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of when I first really felt connected. I think it was when she started kicking, and when we found out the gender, I could really start to, like, envision her um so that's when it kind of got real for me but I mean birthing a child is just the most crazy thing ever so real quick let's talk about finding out the gender um how did you feel what will you tell everybody what we did okay so yeah we couldn't wait for like the 20 week test so at um 15 weeks we went to a specialized place and paid out of pocket to have an ultrasound just to simply to find out the gender because that's like the earliest we could find out and I wanted a girl so bad. Like, I <laughs> obviously would have loved a boy and been fine with a boy, but I am one of three girls. I know girls. I just feel like, you know, like you were leaning towards wanting a boy. It's just like you kind of want what you know. So once they said it was a girl, I cried so hard because <laughs> I was so happy. It was just an insane feeling. But it's still like until you know what they look like, 
there's still this like mystery person and so when she was born a that still is weird they're born and you're like okay this stranger just entered my life because yeah you have that immediate like oh my god I love this baby so much I just want to give it so many kisses and I love her so much but there's still that like, I don't know you yet. You know, like, I look back at the pictures now and I'm like, oh, there's little Ruthie. Like, she was so cute and so, like, fresh. But at the time, I was like, I guess your name is Ruth. Like, welcome to the family. Like, I don't know. There's kind of like that. <laughs> well, going, going back to that ultrasound where we found out the gender, we could have done a 3D image at the the place, right? Yeah. Well, that was an option. But we we just didn't want to do that at the time, right? Yeah, we didn't really want to see what she looked like because places can give you 3D, 4D images like at 35 weeks where you really can see the baby. We're like, no, we want it to be a surprise, like what she looks like. <laughs> um, I've seen other people do the 3D imaging. You know, that's that's pretty cool and everything. But it, to me, it's like, OK, well, I can't really see what she looks like yet. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it's a fun surprise. Um, so I quickly want to go over just like those first few days with her in the hospital that was like the, I feel like that time is a, an ultimate like shock, but you're still, there's people around helping you a little bit. Um, there was people coming around checking to make sure his breastfeeding going okay. And all these different things this um, is at the hospital, at right? the hospital. Yeah. Right. So it was just kind of a weird couple days. Like we wanted to get back home in our bed. You didn't even have a bed. So you were sitting on a chair and sleeping on a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much that goes on and it's insane. Like luckily our, I feel like my labor wasn't too bad. It was long, but once I got an epidural, I was happy. Like, that's all I needed. So, yeah, after I got that epidural, it was still another 12, no, maybe like eight or nine hours until we met her. But I feel like that time was so nice. Um, I mean, I'm all down to have a kid however you want. You don't need to get get an epidural um, if you want to have a natural. But it was great for me because there was so much stress, so much stress. And then once I got that... Yeah, I still had to to rotate and I had some shakes at some points and I threw up at one point. Like there's a lot that goes into labor, which if you guys want, I can do a whole episode all about labor. But once I got that epidural, I feel like it gave me some time to collect my thoughts and kind of just get ready to actually have a baby because we chose to not put Ruth in that nursery in the hospital. We chose to keep her in our room um, because she was so cute. I mean, she was just sleeping when she wasn't eating, so... We kept her in the room with us and we just kept looking like, oh my God, we have a kid. We have a kid. This is crazy. What's (laughs) happening? And people kept coming in and doing different tests and stuff. And luckily she was a healthy kid. So we were there for, let's see, we went in on a Monday afternoon or Monday night. We had her Tuesday night and we went home on Thursday. (laughs) I feel like this is typical for for new parents because it was a blur. It was a blur. I really have no idea. Absolute blur. The biggest thing I remember is stopping at Starbucks on the way home and getting a breakfast sandwich because I was living off those. And I'll never forget texting a group of my friends, um, my high school friends. We were texting right when I was leaving, like, we're going home. And they're like, yay, good job. Oh my gosh. And I said, surprisingly, I'm not in as much pain as I thought I would be. I think I was imagining being in this like terrible, not being able to even sit down pain. And yes, it was a little painful. I had some stitches, but I still, you know, just put an ice pack up there and it wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be. Um, So honestly, I feel like that first week, once we got home, we were crushing it. Remember, we felt like we just were experts at parenting. We're like, (laughs) I mean, maybe not an expert, but I remember feeling that first week being way easier than I thought. 
It was a lot of sitting around time, waiting for her to eat. I was fine with waking up in the middle of the night. She was sleeping, so we, we set an alarm to wake her up every three hours. And yeah, she I was came like, in a little underweight, mm-hmm. you know, the first couple of weeks of her being alive. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember we had to wake her up mm-hmm. to put food in her belly so she would grow. <laughs> yeah, and... I remember just being so happy that we weren't being woken up constantly by crying. And it was like just a nice alarm set and we'd wake her up. Um, And then the reality set in after a week when we went to the doctor for a week checkup. And they were like, she's underweight or not underweight. She just hadn't gained weight since the hospital. She hadn't lost any, but she hadn't gained any. So they were like, you should start pumping and making sure she's getting enough. And I thought breastfeeding was going fine until then because she seemed to be eating um, her latch wasn't great, but by the time she did latch on, she was getting milk. I felt like there was a lot. Anyways, once the doctor said that, I, uh, started to pump and then pumping led to me overproducing milk and that led to a lot of pain. So like I said, that first week was just simple and fun and we have a baby and she's cute and blah, blah. And then like, once I started pumping and worrying about the breastfeeding stuff, it all went downhill and I was a wreck for the next few weeks um, because that led to me getting mastitis and lots of clogged ducts because I was overproducing like crazy. I remember I would pump and show one pump would be like 10 ounces and I'd show that on Instagram stories and people were like, oh my God, you're producing so much. And I was like, yeah, crushing it, thinking it was like a good thing and not really realizing the effects that would have basically that being getting a ton of clogged ducts and mastitis. And by the time I got mastitis, do you remember how miserable I was? Yeah, you were not happy. You were just constantly in pain. And there's really not much that as a husband you can do. Yeah. How did you feel during that time? Um, It was a blur because it was wake up, feed her, try and get some sleep at some point. Meanwhile, there's other stuff around the house that you want to get done, like laundry and you want to have a clean house and you know, all this other stuff and try and maintain some sort of normalcy yeah. in those first couple weeks. But I mean, I'll, for some reason during that time, I just remember waking up to feed her, you know, and I would go grab her and you'd get a bottle for her. And, you know, there, there's not much to watch on, on TV, <laughs> but at t- two, two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, at two in the morning. But luckily we got into home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of those things, like, the right when we were home, it was on TV, and we're like, God, this is a great show. Let's record every episode that yeah, comes well, on. Well, we're going to be up anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I remember of it. And, you know, it wasn't... I was tired. Both of us were just flat out tired. Yeah. And I just... Looking back on it, it was actually kind of fun. I know. Just, you know, watching I home mean, improvement. Of course, we route. say that now, but at the time, well, that's the thing, too. So at the beginning, the first week and a half, two weeks, uh, what we would do for Matt to help me when I was still nursing was that he, we would both get up, he would get her up and change her mm-hmm. while I, because uh, we had to change her first to wake her up. And then I would get all ready, get, you know, my boobs out and whatever. And then you would hand her to me. And then you would normally kind of just go back to sleep at that point, which was fine. Like, what else? I'm not going to make you just stand up and stare at us. Um, But then once the doctor told me to start pumping and stuff, I thought, oh, this will be great. I'll just pump because she wasn't, she was turning out to be not that great of a nurse, especially when I was overproducing. It was really hard for her to latch on, which later 
we found out that she had a, a lip tie, whole other part of it. But at that point, I was really happy because we would both get up. You would um, feed her a bottle that I had pumped previously and I would pump. So you would be feeding her while I was pumping. We were both in bed together doing that. Um, and it would be like a solid like 20 minutes and then we'd go back to bed. And that was nice for me because when I was nursing, it would take her like 35, 40 minutes to nurse. And I was alone and tired and all that stuff. So yeah, it felt... we, had, we had to be up every two hours to feed her. So right. when it was taking you 35, 40 minutes to feed her, by the time we got her changed, you know, back into, into her little bassinet, and then we would try and fall asleep. We'd only have maybe an hour yeah. to try and get sleep before we'd have to yeah. do this all over again. Yeah, so that is the case for any new parent is trying to figure out the balance of how your husband can help and how you stay sane with not a lot of sleep. So obviously the whole point of this podcast is genuine joy. We're trying to come back to there's a lot of hard stuff that happens in life and what are the things we do to make ourselves happier and bring a little more joy. So I think during those first few weeks... A big thing for us was getting out of the house because you can get such crazy cabin fever and you feel like everything is covered in breast milk and it just, you can kind of start to get to each other. So I remember Matt, you had like, I went back and watched old Instagram stories and five days after I gave birth, I went to Target by myself for the first time, um, which I know Matt was like, get out of the house, go do something. I fed her and I just got out. I literally walked around Target for 10 minutes and I was exhausted but it still felt nice to get out. And even with your kid, I think they have all these rules about, you know, you shouldn't bring your kid around other people for like three weeks or six weeks or something. I think they even said six weeks and we were like, sorry, we're not going to do that. We made sure that people didn't touch her or breathe on her, but we would bring her in her stroller with like a cover over it when she was sleeping and walk around the mall. We would go out and grab coffee, just like one simple little outing a day. Oh, we were um, at Target every other day. Oh, yeah. Just literally <laughs> just to get because. out of the house. Um, and I think that was super important because you can really start to feel like you're never going to leave your house again and your life is over <laughs> if yeah. you don't get out. So uh, one, one thing for me that was nice, but it, it was it was nice but tiring, too, is we had a lot of people come over because mm-hmm. everybody wants to see her and, you know, share in her life and everything but family would come over and be like they want to hold her they want to feed her this and that which is awesome but at the same time we're entertaining now yeah on top of raising our kid and that was like at times it felt a little overwhelming yeah but it was also nice because you know when you see your parent hold their grandchild it it just filled my heart with joy just being able to see that and then yeah um so my grandmother, uh, Ruth's great grandmother, came over and she got to hold her and stuff like that. So that was that was really neat having people come over because then you know they were kind of watching over her, so we got to relax a little bit, and just sit on the couch and just mm-hmm. chit chat. Um, but at the same time, we're also thinking, okay, she needs to go down for a nap at this time, or you know, we need to change her soon. And you know, Kelsey, you were pumping, so you had to go and mm-hmm. leave for however much time to go pump. So. It was nice, but it was also, we had more things to do. Yeah, there's a very fine line, I think, in those first few weeks of having guests over. Because you obviously want your family, your friends to meet the baby and spend some time with them. But you have to put yourself first. So if you think you can't handle it, or if you even have someone planned to come over, 
just and you're not feeling it that day text him and say sorry it's I can't do it today because you should feel no shame in canceling all plans the first few months really um I think putting your your own personal sanity above that stuff is super important because I do remember it was nice they would bring food and stuff for us we were like yes we need food thank you but sometimes I think it would be nice if people just like dropped food off on the doorstep and left well that was that was awesome too some people who had kids and had been through this before they understood like yeah i know you guys don't want to see us but here i just you know ordered postmates for you guys here's yeah here's a a small pizza from cpk and a salad like yeah i think if you if you have a friend who's just about to have a kid or um anything like that if you want to do something for them best thing you can do is send them food and not come over or drop off fresh you know fresh homemade food i mean you could still go over and stuff but just make sure that they're good with it or you like know, there but... was, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Lindsay and Simon came over and said hi, but they were like, okay, we're going to go because I know because they had a kid three months before us. They're like, we're going to go. They came months. over. They said hi. They met Ruth, held her for a couple minutes and like, okay. Love you. Bye. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because it's really nice to see people and then them just be like, love you. Love the baby. Bye. So it's, if we wanted people to meet her, but it was... Yeah, it's just good to set expectations. So yeah. that is a huge thing that will bring you joy, um, not having to entertain for too long. And definitely, if you have people over, don't try to cook or do anything for them. <laughs> have them bring food. Yeah, we were doing quite a bit just trying to stay alive. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> carry a conversation. Yeah, one of my coworkers called it. When I got back to work, he goes, oh, yeah. You guys were in survival mode, huh? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it felt like was we're just trying to survive and make sure that she's healthy and getting enough. Exactly. So that was like in the first couple weeks. And then my breastfeeding journey continued for only a little bit while longer. About six weeks, I got mastitis for the second time. And I, I thought, no. Absolutely not. This is not happening. I am miserable. I had some days where I was just bawling, crying while pumping, trying to get different clogs out and stuff. And there was a certain point where I felt such shame for wanting to stop because just because I was in pain. I was thinking being in pain isn't enough of a reason to stop. And then I talked to Matt about it and you were so supportive because you were just like, whatever makes you happy, we'll be fine. We talked about it before how both Matt and I were formula fed and we're fine. And we think, we, think, we hope we're <laughs> fine. Oh. Um, but yeah, so having your support was super helpful. Having, you know, my mom and my family's support, like they were all super supportive from the beginning. My mom was kind of like, I don't even understand why you're putting yourself through this. Like, there's no need. And it just made me feel so much better. Uh, and once I made the decision to stop breastfeeding, I was so happy. And it's just no one gets on Instagram or on the internet and just talks about how putting themselves first is super important and how your happiness is something you should take into account. Because I think all the people that breastfeed and are successful breastfeeding want to share their story about how great and easy it is for them. And there's, I think, a large amount of people that struggle so hard and sit in a dark corner by themselves, not wanting to talk about it. And I'm just hope that, you know, sharing my story about all that stuff can help someone if they are feeling like it's a little too much for them. That's okay. You can 
just stop and everyone will survive. Ruth is growing exponentially and loves formula. (laughs) And now that she's eating real food, she loves that too. So that was a huge decision for those first few months. And I'm so glad we made it. Yeah. So watching Kelsey go through all of this stuff, I could tell it was just weighing on her so much. She wanted to breastfeed so bad. She wanted to work and wanted it to work and to provide for Ruth and all this stuff. But seeing her go from, you know, optimistic beforehand to getting mastitis and being so unhappy with a lot of different aspects of it, you know, it just wasn't working. And if it doesn't work, then we need to fix something. And there's nothing wrong with formula. There's nothing wrong with not breastfeeding. What really matters is that they're getting nutrients and that they're growing and, you know, that we love them. (laughs) And so taking care of yourself first, it sounds selfish, but you can't effectively care for somebody else unless you yourself are cared for as well, because that's going to rub off on, on our, our kid. I mean, I definitely saw, you know, once, once we decided, okay, we're going to go with formula Kelsey felt better. The weight was off. Like, okay, we're going to do this. And we could switch off feedings. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of different things that changed for the better with that. You know, she was happier. Um, and Ruth grew just Th- thrived. Fine. Thrived. She just thrived. <laughs> yeah. So, so I have a question for you. Um, if there's any listeners out here who are going through breastfeeding struggles and want to switch to formula, but their husbands aren't supportive, whether the husbands are saying... It's too expensive to do formula. This is free. Or, you know, maybe they're just not so sensitive to it and don't really understand what they're going through. Um, do you have any advice on what women can tell their husbands? Um, as far as advice, I think just open communication with with your significant other. Uh, that's step number one. Um, if you're feeling some way, there's no reason to hide it. Or keep it bottled up because that's just going to cause a bigger problem mm-hmm. later on down the line. Um, we were fortunate that you did talk to me about it, and I saw it too. I saw it happening. Yeah. Um, but you know, open communication, looking at the research, this and that. You know, if if Kelsey was to come up to me and say, "This is how how negative I feel about this whole situation," I'm going to listen to her. Yeah, you love me. Like you're yeah. going to do whatever. I want not whatever I want to do, but yeah, you're going to do whatever you can to support my happiness. Yeah. Well, my wife's health is, is a priority to me and it, it, that goes for mental health as well. So if, if you didn't come to me and say that, cause I just recognized and we talked about it. But if, mm-hmm. if I, um, if you had just come up to me and said, Hey, this is how I feel this and that. Oh yeah, of course. Like, of course yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, I just remember when I shared my story on Instagram, I had so many people message me that they went through the same thing or that they continued breastfeeding long after they wanted to stop because they felt like they had to and it led to them being depressed and having anxiety and all these different things all surrounding breastfeeding and those things are not worth it. Like, it is not worth it at all to feel that way. So, if you're struggling... I mean, feel free to reach out to me if you are, but also just talk to your family and friends and um, 
also, I just said talk to your family and friends. But on the flip side, you don't need to talk to anyone. Talk to your husband. Make the decision yourself. It's your body. You need to do what you feel is best. So, oh, it's just such a stressful time. Man. There's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing about those first few weeks and months, as far as being husband and wife and communicating like you were talking about, a huge thing for us as far as fights went because <laughs> people always say like when you have a kid you know it's there's a lot of tension in a relationship and at first I was like there's no tension we're doing great we're, we've never been happier yada yada but one thing that really started affecting us that we nipped in the bud finally once we had a big discussion about it was that I <laughs> kept kind of correcting everything Matt did and I honestly didn't even think I was doing it I didn't even realize I was doing it and then he said one day, like, okay, you need to stop because every time I change a diaper, you're saying no, do it this way. Or every time I burper or whatever. And I realized I didn't, I didn't realize I was doing it until he said it. And then I felt terrible because of course that comes off as to you that I don't think you're doing it right. And that I think I do it better when to me, I was just thinking I was being helpful, which is a classic case. I know but that was one of the huge and only problems we had at the beginning. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I do. It was almost like you were standing over my shoulder watching me do everything. And I remember thinking, I'm changing a diaper. How how am I doing this wrong? Like, I've, I've changed diapers before we even had Ruth and never had a problem. Like, why are you constantly correcting me on this? Like... I'm getting the job done just yeah. because it's not your way doesn't make it wrong. Right. I remember um, you saying that, like, is it getting done? Like, oh, like you were putting on her clothes a certain way one time. I was like, oh, no, I do the arms. I do the head before the arms or I do this before that or whatever it was. And you're like, is the end result that she's dressed? I'm like, yeah. And you're like, then it doesn't matter. Like, leave me alone. And I'm like, I'm sorry. When to me, I'm like, oh, he doesn't know. I'll be so, I'll be this angel that will just help him, guide him through the way. Yeah, it wasn't helping. I know. <laughs> so that has been a really good learning lesson and something that you should take into account before you have a kid. I'm going to have to remember that next time we have a kid. But Don't worry, I'll remind you. I know. No, next time one of us is going to be taking care of Ruth. The one, we won't have time to, to sit, stand <laughs> over the other one's shoulders. Um. But yeah, do you feel like there was anything else between us at the beginning we had to hash out to kind of get on the same page? Uh, not that I really remember. Yeah, it was just it was kind a, of... It was a blur. Making the sure... The first couple of months was really a blur. Yeah, I know. I think we had started to, which we just started again. We had started to clean the kitchen a lot because cleaning bottles and stuff was so time-consuming. You have no like, idea how many bottles you go through when oh you my have God. a brand new baby. Especially when I was <laughs> pumping and all the pump parts constantly cleaning and then I had thrush on my nipples. <laughs> nipples? Um, and that made it so I had to sterilize all the pump parts and bottles and nipples on the from the bottles Yeah, cleaning constantly. everything was not fun. Oh my God. And it was constantly elbows deep in sudsy water, cleaning bottles, putting stuff in the dishwasher and that was just for Ruth. Yeah. And we were still trying to eat healthy and cook at home and this and that. And it was all you want to do when she went down for the night was just sit on the couch and watch TV and do absolutely nothing. But then the kitchen got messy yeah. and it's like, Oh, well now that's causing us a little bit of stress too, because we're like, Oh, well the kitchen is dirty. 
we both look at each other. Yeah, not going to happen tonight. <laughs> yeah. But then we wake up the next morning and we're like, oh, the kitchen's yeah. so dirty. It's just a lot to and handle. And laundry and this and that. It was just, you know, before Ruth was like, oh, yeah, we can just handle it, you know. Throw it in before we go somewhere, and we'll take care of it when we get back. And then uh, we had zero energy yeah. <laughs> to do it. So clearly the first few months of the kid are insane, life-changing, stressful. What do you think we did, if you can remember, to spark a little joy and improve our daily mood? Oh, getting out. Yeah. Yeah, those first couple months, like... Target was the best place for us to go because we just walk up and down the We get a Starbucks at yeah, Target. get some coffee and go just, just walk around. And we would mostly be there also getting like, oh, we need more bottles or we need more, you know, nipples for the bottles or more diapers or whatever else we needed. But yeah. it was like, oh, we can take our time, you yeah. know. And she, Ruth was very, we were very lucky to have Ruth the way she is because she was just hanging out the whole time. Like she... Yeah. Never really cried unless she was hungry or she needed to be changed. And I'm like, let's go out and show our cute baby to the world so people can say how cute she is. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute. Um, That was huge. And I think also laughing through a lot of the struggles was super helpful. We, you know, there's certain times when she's blown out a diaper or something's happened. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that. We were, we were feeding her in the parking lot of Target. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, she was wearing, I think, a blue and a blue, she was wearing a blue, like, onesie type thing with a, a dress kind of thing attached to it. I, I yeah. forget what exactly yeah. it was, but it had gold polka dots on it. And she decided to take a massive poo, and I'm holding her sitting in the driver's seat oh, in was... a parked car. Yeah. Just in the parking lot because she was hungry and like, oh, we'll just feed her before we go in. So she, she poops, and I remember thinking, like, huh. <laughs> She hasn't spilled any any formula out of her mouth. And then it hit me. Oh, boy, that's poo. I'm covered in poo. <laughs> she, it had leaked out of her diaper, and it went all down the front of my pants. Or of my <laughs> shorts. And I was just like, well, at least we're at Target. We can just go and get some new shorts if we really needed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty, that was a messy one. Yeah. But, but there's some, we were, we, we died laughing. Yeah. I took pictures just... of you. It's like, you can't be mad at this baby. What are you going to do? You have to just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think laughter is the best medicine, as they say. But I just think we treated every, like, thing that happened that was kind of intense. Like, it certainly, there was times when she was crying that we would just cry back at her. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. She was, like, just crying like crazy. And so we're like, wah, wah, just, like, in her face. And it honestly helps make her stop sometimes. Yeah, yeah. We'd be, we'd cry with her and, like, be over overly dramatic like, I know, Ruth. Back, life is so hard. Yeah, back at her. And she would kind of, like, huh, why are you guys crying? Yes. And then she'd be over it. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. Another thing that was really fun was we played Mario Kart. <laughs> yep, Mario Kart was great. Because you'll find there's a lot of downtime, weirdly, when you have a newborn, where there's you're just kind of, you know, you're feeding, you're um, having her sleep, and when she's sleeping during the day, it'd be great if you could get some sleep during the day, but I never could nap during the day when she napped. Um, so, but we didn't want to get up and do anything because we're so tired. So we wanted to sit on the couch. A lot of times it was watching TV, but we started playing Mario Kart on your Switch, is that yeah. what it's called? And that was really fun. Got a little competitive <laughs> at times, but. Yeah. 
but it was something fun we could do together, played games, certain things like that. Um, it's, I think it's, there's a special time there to connect with, um, your spouse. So I'm not doing anything. You're not doing anything. We're just hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. We're not about to go do anything crazy. We can't leave the house. There's just nothing to do. So, um, so yeah, playing games and stuff was fun, but I think those first few months are life-changing. You are so tired, stressed out. I feel like I was stressed out a lot, but a lot of it was, I think too, for me, I was like worried about my business and I wasn't, you know, I work from home for myself. So I was thinking, should I start getting work done? But then the minute I started thinking about getting work done, I was like, no, I just had a baby. I need to relax. There's just a lot that goes on in your brain. Um, so yeah, just trying to find happiness wherever you can find it. Yeah, and I was I was on probation with my fire department at the time too, so I was stressed out. Well, when I come back, I have to be you know yeah. ready for this and that and be on point. And even though I've been off, you know, for a little bit of time. Yeah, you... um, I think I ended up taking three weeks off. It was two sets. Yeah, no, well, it was sets. it was three total, but one of those was before we had her because we right. we were afraid I was going to go into labor and you would be far away. Yeah. Um, so it was like two weeks once we had her, but luckily. You go to work for 48 hours at a time, which is hard, but at the same time, then you're home for four full days. So that was really nice. I remember leaning on my mom a lot. She works close by, so she would come over and go on walks with me and hang out with me. Um, And just had a lot of baby snuggles by myself, which was fun. (laughs) That was really hard, though, when I was pumping and feeding her at the same time didn't always work out. (laughs) But once that was over, we were all happier. So Um, what... When you were going through all this, what what made you joyful through the whole switching from breastfeeding to pumping to formula? Honestly, it was really hard to find joy during those times. They were dark. They were dark times. I am a very happy-go-lucky person. I try to find the positivity in everything, but I was miserable when I was in pain. Um, And the thing is, people say, oh, breastfeeding, especially when you're obviously nursing, they that you know there's such a special connection and bonding with your baby where when she was actually nursing I was just stressed out about keeping her latched on and then when I was pumping and feeding her a bottle that stressed me out too it was just I was I filled with stress and I wasn't actually enjoying my time with her so I felt like especially when you were there and I was pumping and you were feeding her bottles I didn't even get that time to feed her because I was pumping so I feel like I missed out on some stuff um So once I finally made the switch, I just remember being overcome with happiness that I didn't have to do that anymore. And then I could really, I really did enjoy my time feeding her um, because I wasn't like in pain. I remember feeding her sometimes when I felt like my boobs were about to burst because I wasn't able to pump yet. So I'd be like, please drink your milk faster, faster because I really need a pump. And gosh, just being so stressed out. And it's funny to look back and realize that was six weeks of my life, seven weeks till I was done. Um, but it honestly felt like three years. It felt like the longest time ever. Um, so if anyone's going through that, don't worry. It gets better. She's 10 months now, almost 10 months now. She'll be 10 months by the time we release this, but man, you will get through it. And she is the (laughs) sweetest little baby now. She has some fussy moments, but she is the best. Like I love her so much. Yeah. Uh, going back to the switching from breastfeeding, pumping, formula thing, as a dad, 
and and mm-hmm. a husband. It was nice for me to feed her and do stuff like that with her too, because you know, I got to get some father daughter bonding time, mm-hmm. um, and just playing with her, making faces at her, and stuff like that. It was it was great to have those little moments yeah. with her. In the so. sh- in the show notes for this episode, I'm totally going to add some cute pictures from those first few <laughs> weeks. There are some really cute ones of you guys like asleep together, her laying on your chest, and uh, I just like really remember try to remember those really good times i think i've heard your body like forces you to forget the bad times because it wants you to make more babies um but i don't think i could forget the really bad times but i do really remember the good times and um i mean we're gonna have another kid one of these days hopefully yeah, we just gotta remember all this stuff i know we'll have to listen back to this podcast um, so yeah, that's kind of the wrap up of our first few months as new parents episode. If you have any questions about anything, feel free to send me a message or an email. We'll put all that information in the show notes. Um, don't forget to follow Kelsey at little bits of real food, uh, email Kelsey at little bits of dot com. Uh, you can also email me if you'd like Matt at little bits of dot com as well. Uh, yeah. I'm more than happy to answer any of your questions. Yeah. If you have any questions about, I know a lot of people have questions about marriage in that first few months. It is, it can be a struggle. And I hope we touched enough on the fact that it is, because I think we show a lot of happiness on Instagram, which we do have a lot of happiness in our life, but there is that struggle aspect and I don't want anyone to feel like they're alone in that. So if you guys have any questions in particular about that, we are going to do another episode all about marriage and communication and fun stuff like that, how we deal with all of it. Um, so hopefully all that helps, but, uh, yeah, be sure to follow along on the rest of our life and journey on Instagram. It's at little bits of underscore real food. Don't forget, don't forget that underscore the important, (laughs) (laughs) but that's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Genuine Joy Podcast. Be sure to follow along with me on Instagram at littlebitsof underscore real food. And be sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so more and more people can find it. New episodes will be coming out every other week, and we hope you have an amazing week ahead of you. Keep it joyful.